Hebrews chapter number 4, starting in verse number 15. I'm sorry, I'll tell you what, let's back up to verse 14. Uh, if we can, there we go, right there on the screen. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Now let me just stop there for just a moment. I want to say to you today, don't worry, don't get upset, don't be all stressed out because Jesus is gone. That's what the disciples did. Oh my goodness, they thought everything was going to happen. He was coming to change the world. He was going to set up his kingdom. I mean, tell you, we have this thing going on and we're going to change the world. And all of a sudden, he's crucified and he's buried and they go, what now? My whole life has been destroyed. All that I put my hope in, my faith, everything that I thought was to be, wasn't. Now, I know that's never happened to you. All of your plans and all your things just always work out the way you, you planned them, huh? Well, for me, it doesn't work out that way. Not most of the time. In life, you've got to learn to change. You've got to learn to adapt to the situation. and You've got to understand that uh, life is not a rigid plan. I've learned after 25 years of being married to Miss Amy that she likes a plan. She likes notes. She lives by uh, uh, notes and she lives by list. And uh, she leaves and she leaves me list. And she texts me list. And uh, she likes uh, when she gets home that I've accomplished the list. And uh, sometimes her list and my schedule don't mix. Sometimes I'm too busy to get everything accomplished on her list. And, uh, you know, we have problems sometimes. Uh, not really. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's like, so we got to learn to be adaptable. So, you know, she doesn't do well when things change. And uh, she goes with the flow, but she doesn't like it. Because she likes things, she, she likes things organized. And that's what I love about her. She's helped me. Oh, I'm telling you, she makes me look so much better than I am. You husbands know what I'm talking about. Gets me to places on time, has me looking good, and, uh, you know, I thank God for that. But we've got to be adaptable and knowing that any time things can change, and uh, all of a sudden the disciples, nothing, now they've left their jobs, they've left their careers, and here they thought this was a lifelong plan, and everything is falling apart. And then Jesus shows back up. And Jesus appears to them. And I mean, they're excited and they're happy. He's back and he's alive. And now we're going to do bigger and better and greater. And all of a sudden, amen, they're out here on the mountain and he's telling them what to do. And all of a sudden, he begins to ascend and he's taken up out of their presence. And the Bible says, they just stood there. And the angel came and said, why stand ye here Gazing. I love that word, that word gazing. Let me give it to you in uh, East Texas redneck. Duh. <laughs> Have you ever caught yourself somebody telling a story or somebody something and it's just unbelievable and you're, you see other people and they're just going... I see that from time to time when I'm preaching. I'm preaching and y'all are going. 
<laughs> Just not getting it. And that's why the angel had to come down and said, Why stand you here with your mouth open wide, doing nothing? Get about the Father's business. What did Jesus tell you to do? He said, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils. Greater things than these shall you do in my name. So all of a sudden here, they, they lost him, they got him back, and now he's gone again. But Jesus said, it is necessary, it's expedient that I go away. So that I can go away, the Holy Spirit can come and be in all of you. But Jesus had another purpose, why he went back to heaven. So seeing that we have a great priest that is passed into the heavens. So don't be upset or worried because Jesus is gone. Because he's not gone. Can I get a big amen? Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast. Everybody say, hold fast. Our profession. Verse 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Somebody say, he knows how I feel. He's the only one. He knows every care, every burden. He knows every pain, every heartache. He knows what it likes to be abandoned. He knows what it's like to suffer pain. He was tempted. He, 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 he didn't sin. Amen. But he had to take all of the sins upon him. His father turned his back on him. My God, he said, why is I forsaken? I'm telling you, Jesus is touched. He knows how you feel today. Amen. And he is the only one that can fix it. And he does it by his love. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. You see, none of us can say that. We've been tempted and we failed. I like the scripture that says, sin not. But I'm so glad it didn't stop there. <laughs> Aren't you glad? He said, but... If you sin, you have a great high priest, one, Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God for Jesus. Amen. He was tempted like us, yet without sin. Verse number 16. Let us. Everybody say it with me. Let us come. How? How are we coming? Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. I want to talk to you for just a minute about the throne of grace. Our God is unlike any other God. Our God, He reigns upon a throne. He reigns on heaven high. He reigns in all power and majesty and glory. But He reigns from a throne of grace. And what should we do at that throne of grace? We can obtain mercy and find grace to help can I ask you a question does anybody today need help is anybody in a position that you would like to obtain some help oh if I can just get a little help have you ever said that if I could just get somebody to help me if I could just get somebody to come alongside of me 
If I could just get somebody, I'm telling you, you have somebody. Amen. That promised to never leave you and never forsake you. And he reigns today high and lifted up. And he reigns from a throne of grace. And he said, you can come boldly any day, any time, any night into that throne. And you can obtain. You see, in the Old Testament, there was a tabernacle. There was a tent of meeting. You see, it's always been God's plan to meet with His people. It's always been God's plan to talk to His people and love His people. But they came to Moses and they said, you talk to Him. We're afraid of Him. They built the tabernacle. They had the holy place. They had the holies of holies. There they had the tabernacle. And there they had a golden lid. And there on the lid was two angels, two cherubims. Their wings spread out and they did touch. And there on the mercy seat was the presence of God. It was the Shekinah glory, the revealed presence. When they built the tabernacle, God's presence moved in. We can read that where the priest could not stand to minister. The glory cloud filled the temple. Amen. And they couldn't minister. And then God's presence hovered and dwelt there on the mercy seat. But nobody could go see God. But one man, one time a year, and that was the high priest. One time a year, the high priest had to go through all of these rituals. Ten innocent lambs had to die. The blood had to be sacrificed on the brazen altar. Amen, it was sacrificed. The blood put on the four corners of the altar, on the horns. The coals off the altar had to be taken unto the the, the, uh, altar of incense. There a special incense was made and put on it. And the incense went up and went over into the holies of holies. The priest went through all the cleansing, all the ceremony. They went in with fear. Because if one thing was not right. If they had one blemish, one spot. The outer garment was removed. They were washed. They were cleansed. They went through all the ceremony. Went through everything. If they went at one little flaw, they dropped dead. A rope was tied around their leg and bells around their robe. If the bell stopped ringing, pull me out. What if it was like that today? Did you walk in here today without one little attitude, one little aggravated thought at your spouse or your children, without any sin? Are you spotless and blameless in the presence of God today? Or would we be all laid out dead? But the priest would go in and he would take the censer with the incense and he would take the blood. And with all reverence and awe and fear and excitement, he would go behind the veil and one time come into the presence of God. And there he would put the blood upon the mercy seat and all of the sins of Israel would be forgiven for another year. And then they sinned again. If you read the story of Israel, you learn that was a pattern. They would sin and repent, sin and repent, sin and repent. I kind of see that pattern today. How about you? Sin and repent, sin and repent. That's the life we live. But thank God we have that opportunity. Aren't you glad? 
Because we have a great high priest. And when he came, he said, I'm, I'm a priest after the order of Melchizedek. I'm about to make a sacrifice once and for all. And when Jesus died, he took his blood amen, to the mercy seat in heaven. And he applied that blood to the mercy seat. And when he did, amen, he said, now, amen, at the moment Jesus died, the veil that separated the holy from the most holy, amen, the presence of God, amen, ripped that veil, not from the bottom up it didn't happen from man to God it happened from God to man we couldn't get to God God came to us the veil in the temple wasn't rent so that man could get in it was ripped so God could get out he wanted to get out and dwell in you he wanted to dwell among his people. He wanted to have relationship. And when that veil was rent and that blood was put on the mercy seat, amen, and Jesus took his place at the right hand of the Father, he said, now then, you and you and you, amen, can come into my presence anytime, any day, any night, any moment. And by faith, you can come with Boldness. Boldness. The throne of grace is no place for the bashful. <laughs> it's not a place to tiptoe in. It's not a place to come in. Like people still do. They come into God thinking. I've had people tell me, you know, oh, if I come to church, the roof would cave in. No, it wouldn't. I don't care how bad you are. When you walk in the house of God, He's glad to see you because He loves you. There ain't one mama. There's not one mama that has the worst child in the world that when that child walks in the house, mama's not glad to see them. All because of love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. The throne of grace. God. Amen. He wants us to come to a place. He doesn't want us to insult Him. Amen. Or His, his ability. Amen. To handle our problems. Amen. When we don't come boldly. When we don't come to the throne of grace and bring our needs to God. Amen. It's an insult. It's telling God, I don't think you did enough. I don't think you can handle what I'm going through. Amen. We need to come boldly and say, here I am. I need help. The word boldly was used 3,954 times in Scripture. God wants us to be bold. Be brave. Not to fear. Amen. It's freedom in speaking. It's being unreserved in speech. It's being open. It's being frank. It's without concealment. We come to God and we stop trying to hide. You ever, you ever seen your kid do something they shouldn't do and maybe get something they shouldn't have and you say something and they kind of go. And they got that look on their face and they look up at you like, you don't see me. You, and you know, that's how we come to God. And God's like, I saw it. You're not hiding anything from me. When we come to the throne of grace, don't try to hide. Amen, come the way you are without any kind of comparison or figures. Don't try to just make up stuff. Come honestly and openly. It's to come with freedom. It's come fearless. It is to come with confidence and cheer and courage and boldness and assurance that if I go to God and I come to the throne of grace, I will obtain. Everybody say obtain. 
oh, that word, that's a good word. It's lambano. Everybody say lambano. It means to take. Come to the throne of grace boldly and take grace and mercy. You will obtain if you come into the presence of God and you come, amen, into His throne and you come into His presence. Amen. You can just come in and take His grace and take His mercy because it's yours for the taking. When He died on the cross, amen, He paid the price so that you can have it. I've told you so many times every Christmas you have presents there under the tree. Don't you just like to leave one? Don't you like to open all your gifts and just leave one and say, oh, well, I've had enough. I don't need to open that one. Wouldn't that be silly? No, that's never even crossed our mind. We open them all up and then look around and go, where's the rest? When we come into God's presence, we need to take the gifts that he's given to us and not be ashamed and not be bashful and say, Lord, I want all the grace and mercy I can get. They're here for the taking. It's the place to go. Amen. To the throne of grace is where you go when you're feeling spiritually and emotionally bankrupt. When you're down, when you're discouraged, when you're sad, when you're lonely, when you're weak. Amen. You need to come boldly to the throne of grace and say, Father, I'm going to take me some grace. I've got to take me some more mercy. I've got to come because I'm broke. I'm spiritually bankrupt. I'm I'm hurting. I'm I'm sick. I'm weary. I'm tired. And we've got to get our focus on Jesus. The Bible says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. We follow his word through the spirit. We find grace and mercy. We faithfully press on. We feel God's presence. And we finish the course. You say, how am I going to finish doing what God's called me to do? Amen. The only way you're going to do it is by many trips to the throne of grace. Every time. Because you know what? You're going to fail. People say, well, what if I fail? Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to fail. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. But what do you do? You just get up and you come back to the throne of grace and you take some more mercy and grace and you get back up and you go out and do it again. Because Christ has gone up to intercede for us. And he encourages us to remain faithful in the midst of suffering. Our Savior, our high priest, listen, he, he is well versed in pain. How many knows he knows what it's like to suffer? We ain't got time to go through it. Spit on, plucked on, beat on, bruised and crown of thorns and nails and he knows what it's like to suffer and he's touched with the feelings of your infirmities God went to great lengths to demonstrate his love and his mercy for us and his grace is available without reservation it's available did you know that God's grace is available for everyone there's no, there, there are people out there in the world that think that they've gone too far. They've done too much. That God doesn't love them. That's why He needs you. He needs you out there showing people that God loves them. He needs people out there loving people. He uses you to love the unlovable. And through your love, you can show them the love of God. We're to come to God, amen, without any reservation of appeal and knowing that when we come that He will answer us. You see, we're not to give up on our faith just because Christ is gone. Because Christ is gone, He's gone to intercede on our behalf. He's gone to sit at the right hand of the Father and pray for us. 
He's believing. He's praying. He's interceding. And when we fail, we come to Him. And He gives us grace and mercy. You see, when we hurt, He hurts. When we cry, He sees. When we plead, He hears. He forgives our past and strengthens our present. And He's always available so that we can remain faithful. So don't hold back. He didn't. Would you have wanted Jesus to hold back? He didn't. He didn't hold anything back. He gave his all. And he's asking you to give your all. You know, there's a lot of other religions in the world. You can't go into their presence. Most religions, you can't even ask. In Islam, they have a, 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 a phrase, inshallah, which means God will. If you get sick, God's will for you. Tough luck. Whatever it is, people in the world have that same little case sarah, sarah, what will be, will be. But I'm telling you, we serve a God that says, I can change it. We serve a God that tells us to ask Him to change it. We have a God that says we can come to Him and we don't have to cower down and He's not out to get us and He's not out to beat us. Amen. He's out to love us and He wants us to love others. There's a Christian in China that put it this way. I had slipped into a great ditch and the ditch was sin. Buddha came along and said, come up halfway. And I will lift you up. Muhammad came along and said, here's five pillars that will get you out. But I couldn't get up those five pillars. Confucius came along and said, you're not really in a ditch. You just think you are. But I was still in the ditch of sin. Then Jesus came by and saw my predicament. He didn't say a word. He laid aside his regal robes and got down in the ditch along with me in the sin and the mire and he lifted me out by his grace and his love. The difference in all the gods being worshipped, there's a difference you can tell. Sister Marilyn used to sing it. He's the only one that ever gave his son. He's the God that cannot fail. He's a good God. It's God's grace that saved us. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's, it wasn't us that saved ourselves. It was God's mercy and God's grace. Grace continues to work in strange ways. Sometimes God's grace almost seems mean. There was a man that was shipwrecked. He was the only survivor and he washed up on a small uninhabited island. He prayed feverishly for God to rescue him every day. He scanned the horizon for help, but none seemed coming. Finally exhausted, he eventually managed to build a little hut out of driftwood to protect him from the elements and to store his few possessions. But then one day, after scavenging for food, he arrived home to find his little hut up in flames. The smoke rolling up into the sky. The worst had happened. Everything was lost. He was stunned with grief and anger. God, how could you do this to me? Early the next day, however, 
he awakened to the sound of a ship that was approaching the island. It had come to rescue him. How did you know I was here? Asked the man. We saw your smoke signal. You see, God's grace sometimes is even at work in the hard times. And we don't understand, God, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this go wrong? Why did this fail? God's grace is always at work. Can I get an amen? We have. I'm telling you, in the olden days, kings, you couldn't go into the king's presence. The, the, the story of Esther, how that she went in to the king. It is so powerful because anytime if somebody just came into the presence of the king without being summoned, two things happened. Number one, he could raise up his scepter and receive you. Or he could keep it down and you died. For the rudeness and the impotence of just coming into his presence. If he didn't want to receive you, I mean, it was a dangerous thing. So she took, she risked her life coming into his presence to ask for favor for her people. You just didn't walk into emperors and go into, in, in, into their presence without being summoned. And that's how most people feel today when they come to church and when they talk about God. He is this distant. He is this, this being. He's out there and, and, I, and I can't get near him and I can't draw close to him. And, and I'm afraid of him and he might not receive me. But I'm telling you, that's not the attitude that you need to have as a child of God. This is the attitude you need to have. A Roman emperor was parading through the streets of the imperial city. He was enjoying a victory celebration. and All the legendaries were lined up in the triumphal route. And they were cheering in the masses. There was a little boy that had burrowed through the crowd. And he tried to run out and meet the emperor. But one of the guards caught him with his strong arm and said, Son, you can't do that. Don't you know who's in that chariot? That's the emperor. And the little boy looked up at him and said, That might be your emperor, but that's my daddy. That's my daddy. My father sits on the throne of grace and I'm not afraid of him. I fear no evil because he loves me and he died for me and he told me you can come into my presence any time you want to. Let us Hold fast our profession and let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain grace and strength in the time of need. But you know what? Where's our faith stand today? There was a great missionary to China named Hudson Taylor. And as he got ready to make his journey to China, he took a small sailing ship. And as it neared the channel between the southern uh, uh, Malay Peninsula and uh, Sumatra, the missionary heard a knock at his door. And he opened the door and it was the captain. 
He stood in the stateroom and he said, Mr. Taylor, we have no wind. And we are drifting toward an island where the people are heathen. And I feel that they're cannibals. What can I do? Ask Taylor. The captain said, I understand that you believe in God. I want you to pray for wind. All right, captain, I will. But you must set the sail. Oh, I, 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 that's ridiculous. There's not even the slightest breeze. The, 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 the sailors will think I'm crazy. But finally, after Taylor's insistence, he agreed to raise the sail even though there was no wind. Sometimes you've got to do crazy. Sometimes, hey, man, you've got to step out on faith. Sometimes you've got to raise the sail when there's no wind. Forty-five minutes later, there was a knock at the door. The captain found the missionary still on his knees. And the captain said, Taylor, please stop praying. We've got more wind than we can handle. Listen. We have a direct line to our Father God. And He said you have not because you ask not. Amen. Let people on your job, let bosses come to you and say, I need you to pray. We need business. I need you to pray for more money. Amen. Let people come to you in Walmart and say, can you pray? I'm sick. I've got lost loved ones. Amen. People need to know, amen, that you're a child of the Most High God. And you know how to boldly go to the throne of God on their behalf and that you're not afraid to ask for the impossible because you know if you ask you shall receive you need that kind of confidence in your father you need to know today that you can come and you don't have to come in fear you can come boldly and you will obtain. There's so many people out there that think, well, if I come to God, he, 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 would, just, he would just, you know, shoo me away. He would say, no, you're not worthy. And they have all these ideas. Amen. But God's love is saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Bring your sin to me, and I'll forgive it. Bring your sickness to me, and I will heal it. Bring, amen, your bondages and your addictions to me, and I will deliver you. There's nothing God can't do from the throne of grace. Hallelujah. God's grace is sufficient. What do you need? Just God's grace. You see, God's mercy takes care of all your past. God's grace takes care of all your present. His goodness, God's goodness just continues to give you more and more and more than you deserve. Thank God for mercy. It helps me not get what I deserve. I, I deserve hell. I deserve death. I deserve destruction. But God's mercy gave me a new life and forgave my past. But now it's God's grace that helps me walk in favor. It's God's grace that gives me that extra scoop and that extra helping and that extra blessing on purpose that I don't even deserve just because He loves me. And that's how my God rules from a throne of grace. Is he a judge? He will judge sin. One day we'll have to stand before God. 
And if you're not in right relationship, if your sins are not forgiven, if you're not born again, you'll have to give an account for your sins. But if you come to the throne of grace today, His blood will cover your sins. Amen. And you'll stand before Him and be rewarded for what you've done good. Your sins are forgiven. Your eternity, amen, is safe and secure. Aren't you glad? Can I get a big amen? Amen. Give Jesus a hand clap today. (laughs) Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much today for the throne of grace. You reign on a throne where you welcome your people, your children. You're not high and lifted up and almighty so looking down and just saying, oh, you're just down there. I'm not involved in your life. I don't care. I'm just up here and do my own thing. You're so involved that you count the hairs on our head daily. You're so involved that not a sparrow falls that you don't see it. And your love is so great. That you're willing to forgive every sin. Heal every disease. You said that if anyone come to you, you'll in no wise cast them out. I thank you today that you said that we should come to that throne boldly. Without fear and apprehension. No reservations. Just come knowing. That if I go, I will receive. I will obtain grace to help. And for that, we say thank you. You're here today. And you say, Pastor, today I'm in need of help. My life, my relationship with God. My family, my finances, my help. I have need. I understand and realize today that everything I need, God is willing to give me. He's willing to stand beside me. He's willing to help me through the hard times. He'll give me strength when I'm weak. He knows how I'm feeling and He loves me. And today, I want to come to that throne. I want to come boldly. I want to come cheerfully. I want to come knowing that He's going to receive me and He's going to help me. And I'm going to obtain. I'm going to take grace and mercy from that throne today. So my life can be different. So I can be changed. So that I can have the help I need. Today as Pastor Elias begins to sing I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand I'm just going to ask you If you want to come to the throne of grace You want to come boldly And you want to receive You want to receive mercy for your past And grace for your present If you need help In the time of need I want you just to Jump to your feet and come boldly with a smile on your face Knowing I'm going to get what I'm going for In Jesus name Let's stand to our feet Come boldly to the throne of grace today